Today we are starting our series on the D word, discipline. We have to guide our kids every day in so many ways, and we are going to give you the tools to do so in a wholehearted, respectful way. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I am a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and one. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 10, eight, five, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. All right, I am going to start with our facepalm today, and that is yesterday. I started my day with social media, which I normally don't do, and I just went down a rabbit hole, more like a cliff. (laughs) I just was looking at it all day. It happens to all of us sometimes. (laughs) And I just felt, sitting there in the middle of the day, and I'm like, why do I feel so, like, disconnected from my life? I just felt like, just bleh. My brain was just feeling really weird, and I couldn't even sleep very good last night. And this morning, I put it together that that's what it was, and I didn't like it, and just made me recommit. And we all have that, but so that's my face ball. Excellent, Felicia. <laughs> and way to be self-aware. Awesome. Thank you. So my high five is that I have, as part of my Miracle Morning this week, I have successfully written every single day. So oh, yeah. As part of you know my morning, we've, always, we've talked about, I always write something, but something... It's not, you know, sometimes it's just like writing literally like a note. I mean, I'm talking like a couple sentences. Right. But I've committed in episode nine, comparison versus contentment. I told you guys how I see this time in my life as like an incubation period of I'm trying to still improve myself and improve my skills for things that I feel like hopefully will be something that I do more of later in my life. And writing is one of those things. So I don't want to just sit around and say, one day I will write, I actually need to be, I feel for me, I need to be writing now so that I continue to get better. And so I made it like a totally non-negotiable, not writing in, I mean, because, you know, I write in my kids' journals and I write in my journal, but I mean, like, I have like a document that I actually write in every day, like creative writing style. Mm-hmm. So I can be a journal entry, but I'm writing it as though... Like I'm actually, yeah, like I'm actually using like Mm -hmm. my brain in the like, what, when a word comes, I'm like, oh, what is that? Or I'll do a free write where I just, Mm -hmm. you know, let come, but whatever it is, like back when I was in college and actually working on my, improving my writing. Right. I've been doing that and I've made it non-negotiable and something I loved was my 10 year old woke up because she like loves Miracle Morning. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I don't wake her up when I wake up because She needs more sleep. And frankly, I like the time to myself. Yeah. But she always comes down for that last part of it. And I hadn't done my writing yet. And we could hear the kids starting to like, you know, rustle upstairs. And I told her, I was like, I'm not going to go up right now because I committed to myself that I was going to do this. And it was awesome. And I wrote, I wrote this poem and she, it was so cute to watch her because since then, this is two days ago. She's been like writing poetry. She's like putting together these books of poems. So you could tell she was just watching me. Yes. But I'm glad actually that I could tell her this is important to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to show you that I'm going to set aside this time Mm -hmm. for me. I was doing it for me, but it's been fun to see what it's done for her as well. You know what I mean? Like she's, she loves writing. And so it's been fun to watch her like 
And even as I've shown her some of the little projects that I've been doing, she'll like come up to me. She's like, listen to what I, you know, Aww. listen to what I wrote. I was just thinking of this. And, and, you know, I've been teaching her how we use in specific, you know, how writing, you're actually using punctuation as part of the, the, mood the of art. It, the exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's so fun. Cause it's kind of like, you can tell she's thinking about it. She's like, so I was, you know, I didn't put a comma here because of this reason. And it's yes. so sweet to be like, Oh my goodness. It's anyway. So I did it for me, but it's helped. It's been cool to see what it's done for her as well. And it's my goal. So you guys are kind of part of our accountability. I love that tribe. And so <laughs> I'm just letting you guys know that I have non-negotiably actually written written that. written not just little baby written but like actually written written every day this week is part of my miracle morning it's the school of life yes. i think it's so important for our kids to see us doing stuff that's important to us even if it's for no no one else is holding us accountable to it and i'm sorry i hear outside of our room someone's like moving something i keep hearing banging so i yes. apologize if you guys yes. hear that it's not us we've got this dialed okay <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So today we are going to talk about, we're going to start our series on discipline. And I don't love the word discipline because it sounds really non-negotiable. Yes. We get the most questions about this concept yes. though. Yes. So guidance, whatever you want to call it, parenting. It's just parenting. We all have to do this every single day with our kids. And so we're going to start the series talking about boundaries how to set them, hold them, why we do, and why boundaries are so important in respectful, unconditional, wholehearted, wholehearted parenting, whatever you want to call it. Because, um, well, let me just start out with a question or comment we got from one of our followers that I think helps you see this concept really well. So um, her name is Kim, and she said, I'm really conflicted with this method sometimes. And I think a lot of people who are just coming into this method are conflicted. I felt the same way. Yeah. That's why yeah. we chose this because we both felt this yeah, way. Yeah, totally. So you're not alone, um, Kim. While I absolutely see the value and the reasoning, I see a really bad side that I don't love. My niece is parented in a similar way and I feel like she is rude, dis disrespectful to her mom and dad. She is almost six. I think they're overly patient and way too giving with her and she's smart enough and walks all over it. It has crossed over to over to that she can be quite rude and disrespectful to other family members and adults. I think it's hard to find the sweet spot. So we just wanted to unpack this a little bit and give you guys kind of the overall idea with this and um, how you can apply this and hold your boundaries and why that really is one of the most important parts of being respectful in your parenting. Because mm -hmm. what Kim's describing here isn't a problem. The problem isn't with the kindness, like mm -hmm. she was saying. Or the patience. Or the patience. Oh, patience is the word she yeah. used, you're right. It's with the with not the, having any boundaries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can be kind up. all you want, but if yeah. you don't have boundaries, then yes, you, you end up with somebody over. who's, yeah, who is walking every, you know, and, you know, being disrespectful to other people. But setting boundaries doesn't also mean you have to be ruling by fear and anger. Yep. So the whole concept of this is that you can actually still be patient and kind and loving, but still have boundaries. So the boundaries are like the magic key mm -hmm. to this, finding mm -hmm. that different. It's, it's, it's like we all think that in order to get kids to do what we want, we have to rule them by control anger them. and fear and yep. control. And when we let go of that control and the anger and the fear and just actually just set healthy boundaries, 
it's like, oh, this is such a better way to live. Yep, you know? totally. So um, we have mentioned Janet Lansbury a million times. She has amazing books specifically on this topic and goes into detail on all of this, especially for babies and toddlers. Um, so her resources are, we've linked them in our show notes and also on our website on our recommended reading are a few of her books. So if you want to read them to get in more detail, but I'll just give you an overview of this concept. So we want to start out with little kids and then we'll go into older kids because obviously everything gets more complicated as your kids get older. (laughs) Um, But an example of holding a boundary with a baby. So say you want to start this whole concept with you just had your first baby. So you're changing your baby's diaper and they start to get into that age where they're crying about it. They don't want to lay down. They're fussing. They're fighting. They're rolling around. Um, (laughs) The alligator roll, as we call it. (laughs) And some kids do more than others. (laughs) Felicia has one baby. Sunny, my youngest is, ah, he's the alligator roller. It's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) The poop alligator roll. (laughs) So bad. So <clears throat> how you can hold your boundary with this. So you, you have to change the diaper. At least for me, it's like, okay, we have to change your diaper. You have poop. So your options are either to get really, really angry and they can feel that and uh, and you're not letting me change your diaper and I'm feeling so mad and frustrated. We need to go, blah, blah, blah. Um, you can feel that or, well, you might still feel that, but you can calm that inside yourself and hold, hold them down calmly though. I, I don't know how to say this really well, but kids can feel and babies can feel when your physical touch is coming from a place of anger or frustration. We've all done that. And you grab your kid's arm and it's like, oh, I'm feeling that frustration, like going into them. But they can also feel when you're still gonna hold your boundary, you're gonna hold your baby down to change their diaper, but it's coming from a place of peace and calm and holding that boundary. Another example of this, we talked about it maybe we didn't talk about it last episode, but brushing teeth. So a lot of toddlers don't love brushing their teeth. So you're just holding them calmly. You're saying, we have to brush your teeth. That's a boundary that we've set. Um, And you might still have to, in a way, force them to Mm -hmm. brush their teeth, but you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, using physical um, control, but you're doing it very calmly. And can I just add here that... What Felicia's saying, I mean, it sounds, it sounds, and she, and I've seen her do this, and she does make it look really easy when she says, don't let yourself get really angry. Um, she's practiced it enough that she actually doesn't feel the anger. I've seen her do it with Sunny, and it's a very loving, she just, you know, holds down his little body with one hand and does it. But you may be thinking, well, what do you mean? If you're feeling the anger, then what do you do with it? You know what I mean? And so, I think, th- I think personally the key to actually helping yourself get control of that feeling inside of you is the reframing of as soon as you can reframe it and it, what it is is empathy, is you're using empathy. We see from an adult standpoint, if you just hold still, I could change this diaper and it would be done in 30 seconds and you'd be more comfortable and you wouldn't stink so you'd be getting more snuggles. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we see it from our point of view, like obviously just sit there. If you just open your mouth and hold still, I could brush your teeth in two seconds. So that's what causes the frustration inside of us. We're looking at it from our point of view, which makes so much logical sense. Mm -hmm. But if you can just step back and look at it from, okay, they're a baby. They don't want to hold still. Maybe they're not enjoying this. Maybe they're not, you know, whatever. 
um, then it's like, oh, well, of course, of course, Sonny, the baby does not realize that if he just held still, the diaper would be done soon. He doesn't mm-hmm. get that. So if you can just take just like one second to be like, the baby doesn't know. Yeah. And even if, even if the baby did know, you're still the big person and they're still the little person. Yeah. So they can respond with as much crazy out of control feelings as they want, but we are adults. Mm-hmm. And so even if, so there's two steps here, empathy and then if that doesn't help you, the reframing, if that doesn't help you not feel the anger, then you just have to choose to still have your body movements not be out of anger. You yep. can feel it inside of you mm-hmm. and kids can still feel that, but it's still better not to use anger in your force. So, yep. and another thing, especially with both of those, and we, I know we've talked about this so many times, but if you can also shift to what can I do to connect with this little human being right now, yep. that actually makes them enjoy it a little bit better. So if you can say... Okay, Sunny, so I'm going to put my hand right here on your chest. And here we go. I'm going to lift up your legs and tell them what's happening and use eye contact. That also makes the whole process. And it also helps you feel more love and less anger because you're focusing on helping them feel comfortable, explaining to them what's happening. And your focus is on connection. So those are just a few little tips. Just as Felicia was describing that, I've seen it and she's so good at it. So I just want to unpack that a little bit so that you guys can see it is possible. And those are just some little tips to help you feel the way Felicia feels when she's doing it, you know, cause she's practiced it a ton. And I, again, she does it so awesome. Like I have witnessed her. She honestly doesn't, you don't feel it anymore. Right. The but anger inside of yeah. you. Yeah. Anymore. Totally. Cause you practiced yeah. it enough. Yep. Changing a baby's diaper when they're rolling doesn't make you angry yeah. anymore, Yeah, which is awesome. But definitely has and did before yes. I practice it a lot. And I think this, <clears throat> seeing this concept as for me, it helps a lot of times when I get stuck in that, like I am feeling that anger for whatever reason, to just think exactly, I'm the big person, I'm the adult, they're the little person, and I can have control over the situation. And I like to think in my mind of like being the mama bear and just knowing they actually need me to be in control of the situation and to set the boundary. Because if I'm going willy-nilly, they're going to go crazy too. And little kids can't really control. When they're feeling it on the inside, it comes out into how they act in their bodies. Yep. Our goal is in the end to also be able to feel the calmness on the inside. Yep. But we, different than kids, can control yep. that, that shift from what's inside of us to how we're acting with our bodies. Mm-hmm. We can have our bodies stay calm. We don't have to flail our arms around and jerk people around when we're mad. We yep. actually have that control. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Um, and another, <clears throat> so we have a few more examples of this because I feel like with little kids, it's way better to see it in the things that we all go through all the time. So we've talked about this a little bit, but same thing with getting in the car seat. I think a lot of times we expect that we can just say, get in your car seat or get your shoes on or just do whatever we want to do or we want them to do and they'll just do it. And so when we they put up that battle about it that's when we get frustrated because we have this expectation and I'm not saying that one day they won't get there because all kids when they feel respect towards their parents will probably a lot of the time start doing those things on their own but in the when we're first starting this concept especially I think kids push back a lot so um, bathtub so say your kids in the bath and They're splashing like crazy and making a huge mess, flooding your bathroom, which is a big pet peeve of mine. My kids do it a lot. Um, They know not to do that. And so it's almost not even in the words you say, but 
if you like break it down and just say, I see you're splashing. Um, we don't splash in the tub. If you want to explain why you can, but they probably already know why. And you hold your boundary and just say, I'm going to help you out of the tub and just lift them out. And here's the key. They're probably going to be really mad and have a big tantrum and freak out. No, I want to save the tub. And you have to hold that boundary while accepting their emotion. So not saying, oh my gosh, you splash every time. Why are you even crying about it? Like I've already told you because that's not really going to help the situation. So I know you really wanted to stay in the tub. You were having so much fun splashing, but I can't let you splash. And letting them have that tantrum while still holding your boundary. And a tip that for this that I really, really love is if you can get in front of that and if you maybe think, okay, I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Um, my kid, we're at the park and my kid doesn't want, is not going to want to leave when I say we have to leave the park. If you can see that before you even say anything, um, there's two options. So you can say, give them um, what they want before they request it. And it almost puts you in front of that boundary. So if you can say, um, what would be the right way to say it? Okay, so we have to leave in five minutes, but oh, do you want to play a little bit extra? Let's do 10 minutes. So it's almost like you're giving them that treat before they even request it. But if you don't do that, so say you don't think about it and it's, we really have to leave and then they start losing it. Don't give them the 10 minutes after they've lost it for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm, right. You hold your boundary. The boundary that you set, hold it because then next time they're going to elevate it that far mm -hmm. because they know you're going to break down. Mm -hmm. So still hold it calmly, even though they're losing it, accepting you really don't want to leave, but we have to. And you might have to carry mm -hmm. them to the car. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to pick you up and take you yeah. to the car now. Yep. And yeah, I'm with you. If you, if you can give a five minute warning though, it is very helpful. Very helpful. They're like emotionally prepared. Yeah. Because <laughs> no totally. kid wants to leave the park. No kid wants to. No. I don't blame them. No, I don't want to leave I the park. I would stay at the park all day yeah. if I could too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and on that same note, when it comes to, in that question from our, from our listener, she also mentions when kids, and this is really, we could expand on this a lot, but I'm just going to touch on it. The idea of being disrespectful in a group to people. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple ways to look at that. First of all, how how you're modeling respect so you know are you yelling mm -hmm. at people when you don't get what you want that's something to look at mm -hmm. but then the second thing is it's a, those are places you can set boundaries too so we're going to this extended family thing and kids are going to play and you know be kind of wild mm -hmm. but if and again this listener i don't i want to like ask her a question here but what does she mean by disrespectful does she is she like going up to her grandma and saying i hate you mm -hmm. or is she saying you know i don't know give me this in a really unpleasant way you know mm -hmm. I, I don't know i want to ask questions there but you can also set boundaries around that kind of behavior as well you know what i mean you can actually i think almost i think a good percentage of, of the time is can be simply a matter of you kneeling down to their level in a really calm way saying that wasn't very kind, what you just mm -hmm. said to grandma. Mm -hmm. And you model what kindness looks like. But there are times, I think, that it could also be appropriate to say, even before you go into a situation. So we're going to go in, we're at grandma's house. If you start yelling at her again, and by that, you know, if you start saying things like, I hate you, mm -hmm. or, you know, give me more mm -hmm. after she already gave you one and mm -hmm. she said no more, whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, I'm just, I'm just assuming here what some of the things... You can, you can say, 
in that situation, I'm actually going to take you into the other room and we're just going to, we're going to hang out for a few minutes ourselves. It's not like a terrible, bad thing. Yep. It's just a, we're just going to take a little break a or whatever, yep. but you can set up whatever your expectations are ahead of time, but it doesn't have to be out of anger. Yep. And even in those situations, I'm just, I just want to point out that it doesn't have to be just like physical stuff, but also this listener is really concerned about that like respect level yeah. of kids. And yeah. you can also set really kind boundaries Mm-hmm. around that as well totally you know? yep yep i love it okay so we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back with older kids when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we think it's really important to remember that we can't actually control what our kids do what we have control over is ourselves our actions and how we are an example and um our underlying like anger and the peace that we can find within ourselves when we're in these situations and then also we can control our rules our boundaries within our home so it's almost like um, Shafali Tosbury, she, in her book, The Awakened Family, she talks about um, we pave the path and then they get to walk it. We're like the guider down the path, but we can't make them walk on the exact stones that we want them to down the path. Yeah, which I totally agree with. To me, my favorite, like super simple example of that is like the habits we teach our kids, you know, like I brush their teeth every day while they're small. And then when they get bigger though, like I can't control if they do that eventually. Right. But hopefully you pave a path, you, you create a habit or whatever, and then you do everything you can, but it's almost liberating to realize Mm -hmm. we actually can't control everything everybody ever does. Yeah. Right. Or, and we can't control the feelings that they feel Mm -hmm. for sure. So uh, Brene Brown, who I know we talk about her all the time too, but I just finished her book, Gift of Imperfect Parenting. And wow. It's so good. Blew my mind once again, Brene. Well done. Uh, Anyway, she talks about boundaries though. And her definition of boundaries is what is okay and what's not okay. And sometimes people go past the boundary. And she actually even says, empathy minus boundaries is not empathy. Compassion minus boundaries is not genuine. And vulnerability without boundaries is not vulnerability. So, you know, compassion, you're helping somebody. If you don't have a boundary of where is the line for you in helping this person, then you're going to end up feeling resentful, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it's so true. I think, I think we've all kind of had to figure out that online for ourselves, right? When you're, when, when you see somebody in pain, you can go there and feel it with them in that the part of, you know, because we're human and I can connect with you. That's one thing. But if it's just, I'm going to pour myself into you and lose myself in you and give so much that I'm totally empty, that's without boundaries. And Mm -hmm. again, you end up empty and resentful. So boundaries are a super important thing in every area of our life and relationship in how much we give outside of our home versus inside of our home. I mean, we're talking boundaries are everywhere. 
But in parenting specifically, because that's our focus today, um, I want to talk about two different kinds of boundaries. Um, and, well, one of them is not even a boundary. It's like a fake boundary that sometimes people think. And there's a control struggle, which I think sometimes we perceive as boundaries. And then there's actual principled boundaries. Mm -hmm. So I just want to take a second to kind of clarify those two. So there are times, oh, and, and also as part of like, as you're kind of thinking about this concept, Brene Brown said she found this in her research, which I mean, I agree with this on a theoretical level, but I love it that she can actually say, we've backed it up with research that this is a truth, that how we hold our boundaries is how our kids will most likely hold theirs. Is that a 100% rule? No. But in the research studies, literally, it is common for kids to hold their boundaries the same way, or not hold their boundaries the same way their parents did. And Brene actually says that her husband, when she was telling him about it, he's a pediatrician, he actually like had to pull the car over and he looked at her and he was like, what? Yeah. Are you serious? Like that's <laughs> actually research proven. Mm -hmm. So if we cave on things that are principles for us for peer pressure, that's literally what we're teaching our kids to do as well. So let me just give a few examples of this. And this has been, oh my heavens, like I don't know why this concept has been so huge for me. I mean, obviously we all know that boundaries are important, but it's actually helped me so much knowing that how I hold mine is really affecting my kids. So let me give you some examples. So this example is just of a power struggle, which is not a principled boundary. So it's a situation where I made a decision or I just said something. I didn't even really think about it. I just said it like set a limit and then realized, oh, you know what? That actually isn't reasonable. And I changed my mind. It wasn't like a, on a principle. And that is something that I want my kids to be able to do. I want them, just because you choose something, if you, if there's like a reasonable reason to be flexible, I want them to be okay with that. Yeah. So this is my example for this. My son loves, he has a gecko PJ mask costume. It's green. He looks like a lizard and he like runs around pretending like he's blending into things. It's really cute. <laughs> anyway, but um, he wanted to wear it to the grocery store. We weren't going anywhere all day that like I, you know, where I cared what he was looking like. And to the grocery store, I was like, oh, change. You know, I just literally just like flippantly said like, oh, go change into your clothes. And he's like, but I really want to wear my gecko costume. Is that okay? Like, you know, I have shoes on. Is that all right? And he was presented a very reasonable yeah. argument. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I actually don't even care if you wear your gecko costume. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. And to be completely honest, this is like a really easy example for me because I actually think it's darling when little tiny kids wear yeah. costumes into stores. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so cute. So this wasn't a difficult one for me, but um, well, that's just a small example of, I like just said something and realized, oh, you know what? That's not I'm even right. reasonable. Yeah. You're totally right. That's mm -hmm. that's no problem. And I, I do want my kids to be okay with that. There are times, like I want, if they see a vegetable they've never seen before and their friends are like, hey, you should try this. And they're like, nah. And they're like, but it's healthier, whatever. That's a reasonable argument. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with them trying jicama for the first time or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Yep. Now, as I say that though, that's not the same thing as that's a reasonable argument. No, mm -hmm. like trying drugs on the other, other hand, that's not a reasonable argument. Mm -hmm. That's just peer pressure. Mm -hmm. So that that's now we're moving into a principled boundary. So there's a difference between reasonable, being flexible. We don't have to be this rigid, hard, mm -hmm. just I said this, therefore I am in control and I am the boss mm -hmm. because that just creates a life of frustration, really. If you are totally. going into life thinking, I am the boss and everybody will do everything I say, be just because I said it, mm -hmm. then you're just gonna be really frustrated in life. And I don't wanna teach my kids that. Mm -hmm. But 
now we're going to move into principled boundaries. So again, that example of my kids trying something new because kids are asking them if it's a thing that they know is bad for them, then it turns into a principled boundary, Mm -hmm. not just being flexible on a power struggle. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give a few examples with this. So this I just experienced with my uh, four-year-old again. We were at the store and when we're at the store, and I'm almost nervous to say this because somebody, there's probably people out there who disagree with this, but I, if my kids are at the store with me, they get to choose something that they want at the yeah. store, at the grocery store. So um, if they choose fruit, great. If they choose a treat, that's fine too. And spoiler, they always choose a treat. So <laughs> anyway, but they just get to choose a thing that, you know, they get to eat when we get home, whatever. But just one thing. And my son asked super sweetly it was like a, well can I just have these two different treats and honestly it was in my head it was like ah, that's not a big deal but then I thought of Brene Brown and I was like hold on though I this to me has now become a principled boundary because there are times in life and I experience it myself where I've set a budget or whatever and I've decided I'm going to buy this one thing and then when I go to the store I see 10 things that I want and as an adult healthy habits is being able to stay with the one thing that I was planning on buying, right? That actually is good long-term as an adult. Mm -hmm. So because of that, because I want to hold that boundary for myself, that one was important for me to say, you know, we are just going to get one and you can be sad about it if you'd like. Yep. But I'm going to hold it there because I looked at it from more of like a long-term standpoint that how I hold this now I don't want him later in life to be like, oh, you know what? Okay, so I decided, you know, I was going to get this car. It's $10,000. But then when I went to the actual place, I saw this other car and it was $40,000, but it was great and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we can always convince ourselves into that. But that to me is like an important thing for healthy, long-term living. Mm-hmm. So it was much easier for me to hold my boundary when I was looking at it from a standpoint of I'm teaching him how to hold this specific boundary. It like makes it so much easier as a parent. So to me, this is such a powerful piece of knowledge because it makes it makes you able to like look at a situation and say, oh, this one is easy for me to hold because I want to teach them this concept. Mm-hmm. Another example, and the reason why we're giving so many examples is because that's how, that's how, for me, that's how I've learned this whole entire concept is by you learn it and then it's really not through examples that you actually can see it. So another example is this is actually just last night. I read to my kids every night before bed. We have, it's kind of just a special reading time. Reading is like my favorite thing. And we have, when I say reading time, we don't do like little tiny picture books at night. It's more like we actually have a book that we're working through. And it's Mm -hmm. a book that I've chosen generally for a specific reason. And they're, I mean, they're books that like I'm loving. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when my kids, you know, I'll read and I'll be like, oh, okay, should we be done? And I'm not setting a specific boundary. It's more like, meh. And, you know, of course, my kids are always like, let's read more. And I'm like, yes, let's read more. You know, like I'm totally like a let's read 10 more pages kind of girl. So that's just like a fun thing. But last night I was, but I don't want it to be, but it isn't ever like a, if I said it though, I want to hold it. If it's just Mm -hmm. we're having a conversation, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if it's like I'm done, I want them to respect that we're done. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's okay if they ask for more, but like, I'm not Mm going to, if I, if I am done, I want it to be done. Mm Mm-hmm. And last night specifically, um, I was tired and I was wake, you know, I was gonna be waking up at five for podcast recording this morning and I had been up early and anyway, and we're going skiing today. So I knew and I could feel it in my body. Like my body was like ready for bed. And so when I was done with the amount that I had chosen, I said, Okay, we're gonna be done now. And you know, they're like, Oh, but it's so good, we want more. And and 
with this framework in mind, it was so easy for me to say very clearly, not that it's been difficult before, but it just, it really just helped, it helped it and helped clear it up for me in a really powerful way. I could say, I can tell for me, for self-care, I still, I need to go to bed right now. <laughs> and, you know, I do some things before bed that like help me wind down and they're part of my personal care. So for me, that became a principled boundary of, I had told them the reason why I need to go to bed at a good time and I held that with them. Or, I mean, a lot of times too, so like me and my husband always like, we have like time before the, after the kids go to bed, before we go to bed. And I like to show my kids that like that is a time that's important to me. And so I'm setting it aside because that for me is relationship care. So I want them to know when they're adults that it's okay for them to set that, that framework of I set this time aside to be with my spouse and I'm going to hold that even though I'm enjoying this time with you so much. So to me, it's like a, it's it's a principal boundary simply because it's around self-care and I want them to be able to choose self-care when they set a boundary around self-care too. You know what I mean? And I think that's really important throughout the day, especially with little kids at home when you're not getting that time or like Terrell homeschool, so her kids are home, but where your kids are leaving and you have those, like we've talked about it in our pockets of peace episode, but if you can set those boundaries. So for me, it's like quiet time or whatever those times are. If you can hold that boundary, it teaches like now my Cohen, my almost five-year-old will be like, mom, is it quiet time yet? Like it teaches him, oh, I need, I need this space too. I, I have my own boundaries and I can hold them. Like I can see how I can learn that from you because you're modeling that boundary. And at first they probably aren't going to like it mm-hmm. when you start setting mm-hmm. boundaries like that. So, And I love it that you're showing also in those situations because when you respect your boundaries, they will respect theirs specifically for personal space and self-care. But I also think it's important to remember as parents, you are allowing Cohen that respect as well. Like if right. he sets aside that time. Right. So like when my oldest, if she says, you know what? I need a little space. Do I just say, no, I'm the parent. And I said piano now. That means you must practice the piano now. If she says, you know what? I need a half an hour break. Do Mm -hmm. I respect that? And do I say, yeah, you can, you Mm -hmm. can practice in a half an hour. Mm -hmm. The limit is the boundary is you have to practice today. Yeah. (laughs) But am I being reasonable about her boundaries as well there? And so I think we set them for ourselves, but it's also good to remember that just because we're the parent, Yep. It's actually really important for us to respect their own boundaries. If totally. they're, and I know this is totally kind of off the subject, but just like if we're tickling them and they say stop, yeah, do we stop? Because we expect other people to stop yep. if they're doing something we don't like. Yep. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. I think even little tiny kids can recognize when we respect them and yep. when they set their little way of setting a boundary mm-hmm. of stop mm-hmm. or they don't, you know what I mean? If yep. they need a little space, do we give mm-hmm. that to them? Anyway, that's kind of off the subject, but yeah. Well, it's not off the subject, but a little tangent. Yeah. Um, and the last example I want to give is of my 10 year old has a couple times. So we have a rule in our family where we don't do sleepovers with friends. And it's just a boundary that we've set for several different reasons. And I feel really strongly about the reasons actually for me in my own family. It's a principled boundary for me. And so there's been a few times that she's asked and, you know, I've said no and she'll say, it's never been a huge deal, but she has asked questions like, well, but, but they get to, you know what I mean? Why can't, why can't they? And at an age appropriate level, I explain why, obviously I, I don't 
have her have to carry all the things that as adults, you know, we carry, but, um, but on an age appropriate level, I explained to her why, but then I just, I'm firm with that boundary. And to me, that's important because if she's ever in a situation where she feels strongly about something, it's a principled boundary, say she's at a party and the girl, say people start trying something, they start passing around drugs that she knows she shouldn't, that they're not healthy for her. She knows the risk that accompany them. If the person, so like, I love Lydia. She's my friend. She's my daughter, you know, like she has, I love, I love her, uh, you know, I love her uh, opinions and I think I value them. But if she, in this sleepover situation, if she were to say, oh, but mom, come on, like we're close. You <clears throat> know what I mean? Mom, girl, (laughs) you know, like why? Look, I'm reasonable. I'm being reasonable. I'm asking really nicely. This is our relationships at stake kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I cave into that when she's at a party and her friend who she respects and she loves and she respects her opinion, just like I respect my daughter's opinion. If she says, ah, but this is our friendship on the line. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you trust me, right? Don't you Mm -hmm. trust me? Mm -hmm. I don't want her to say, oh, yeah, our relationship's on the line. I want her to have seen from me that first of all our relationship isn't on the line yeah relationships aren't about making people do things that you don't want them to do and that are mm-hmm. outside of their comfort or zone. pleasing them or, exactly yeah. so all have already shown her you can be unhappy with me setting this limit but i'm still going to love you and that relationship is still intact mm-hmm. so in that friend situation I want her to feel strong and I've set this boundary and there's nothing you can say here. I'm not going to do it to please you. I'm not going to do it to preserve our relationship because if it is a strong relationship, you coercing me isn't going to break the relationship. Also, same thing. I mean, if she has a boyfriend late when she has a boyfriend later in life, I don't want her to a boyfriend that she loves. Yep. I don't want, if he wants her to do something that makes her uncomfortable or vice versa, if my, you know, I'm not saying gender specific here, but, you know, like if my son, same thing, I want them to know what it looks like to set healthy boundaries and not be like, ah, you know what? This feels like a principled thing, but you're right. Yeah. I do love you. And mm-hmm. you're making a really great case here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that is literally like what we are setting. And in Brene Brown's research, she actually says she calls it a risky behavior, risky substance abuse behavior, risky sexual behavior, whatever, those like high risk things that don't contribute to our health in our teen, well, in any time of life, but you know, in your teen years, those ones that really lead down different avenues, um, they learn it from the boundaries. They learned how to hold those boundaries Mm -hmm. earlier on smaller things. Yeah. So yes, in our home, my kids aren't going to have, they're not going to be making those kind of decisions because they're not going to be exposed to those kinds of things. But on the smaller level, when we're setting those smaller boundaries and then their lives get bigger, Mm -hmm. it allows them to actually hold those boundaries on a bigger level. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Anyway, so it's super powerful and it makes it for me as a parent so much easier Mm -hmm. to hold those principled boundaries on a small level. When you have that in mind, Mm -hmm. that gives you that extra little... mm. Yeah in your ability to stay firm and calm. You don't have to get angry about them, mm-hmm. but to just to hold them firmly. Yep. And I think if when you start little, so you start at a baby and you're almost making all their decisions for them, like you're deciding almost everything in a way that they do. And when you hold those boundaries, then they go into the next stage of like toddlerness and they're starting to push back little 
bit more and make a little more decisions on their own, they're going to know in the back of their mind, my mom is calm about this and she's protecting of me or my dad. They, they're going to protect me around this boundary. They're not going to let me do whatever it is. They're not going to let me freak out and hit somebody else. They're going to protect me. They're going to step in, stop my hand and say, I'm not going to let you hit, but they're not mad about it. I'm not getting a reaction. All those things are going to start happening a lot less because they'll know, oh, my parents going to protect me. I don't need to push against that. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, you're giving your kids freedom when you allow you to hold that line. Mm -hmm. So especially, so compare that that you just gave as a toddler. Now compare your kids, a teenager. I am totally fine with my kids saying, you know what? I'm not going to do that. You know, my mom, she's such a bust. Yeah. She, yep. she won't let me go to that party that mm -hmm. I know for sure there's going to be bad stuff. Bad stuff at. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't mind her putting that yep. on me and still saving face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's the beauty is you're allowing, just like you're allowing that toddler, the freedom of, you know, I'm going to hold this. You could rail against it and mm -hmm. I'm just going to hold it for you. It's yep. safe yep. here. Same thing when they're a teenager. Yep. You're just holding that boundary safely and they can rail against it and they can push against it. Mm -hmm. But just like, I mean, have you guys heard? It's such a good um, comparison, but like the restraint on a roller coaster. You pull it to make sure it's safe. Yeah. And, but you're not testing it because you want it to give. Yep. Exactly. You know what I mean? So yep. I love that. I actually just heard of this dad who, her, his, his daughter was dating somebody who, was not good for her in a lot of ways. And they'd gotten engaged and it was a few weeks away from the wedding. And he actually told her, and I love this. He said, I support you, obviously, because you're at an age where you are totally making your own decisions here. Mm -hmm. But if you want a way out of this, just blame, you can blame me. Like I yeah. can take that. Yeah. You can save face yep. and say that it's me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it mm -hmm. did. She actually called it off and totally blamed it on her dad. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know what? He's he just, let me. <laughs> he, he's just kind of, you know, he's being unreasonable or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's made me realize I'm not ready or whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah. she totally did blame it on him. And when this mom was telling me the story, I was like, that is such a good example of what we do as parents. Right. We allow our kids to rail and to do whatever and pull on that boundary. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. They can yep. save face and we can still we'll hold it. Cushion. And we're, we'll te but we're teaching them and we're actually making them feel so much more safe with it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Anyway, so I just love it. I, yep. That's what Comes we do as parents. circle to it's not letting them just do whatever they want. On the yes. Time. You hold yes. that boundary respectfully. You're protecting them, but allowing their feelings and their emotions. All right. Let's find the magic. <clears throat> <laughs> 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 Brown cows. <laughs>